Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are going to talk UFC. It was UFC 282 on the weekend uh, and uh, I was on Sky Sport. I tuned in to watch. I, I really wanted to see uh, how Jan Blakovich would go defending his title. I wanted to see what Paddy the Batty would do next. I wanted to see if Darren Till could make his comeback successfully. I got to answers to a lot of those questions, but I got a lot more questions after watching that uh, UFC 282, and I assume uh, that Ravinda Hunia from Sky Sport, their UFC expert, was a bit the same. G'day, Ravinda, how are you? Morena, yes, I was very much the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with um, Paddy the Baddie, um, because as far as I can tell, he did not win that fight. I mean, I was sat there on the couch. I, would, I watch a lot of UFC, like I know that you do, and I looked at it and went, I reckon this is 30-27 to Gordon. Uh, and then I checked my feed on Twitter, and I saw a lot of people were saying very similar things. Guys in the CKB uh, setup, guys like Derek Brunson, former UFC champions, lots of other fighters, Ariel Hawani, people like that, all saying the, the, Gordon has won this fight. Paddy the Batty has done nothing in this fight. I had it 30-27. Maybe you could have given him one and made it 29-28. He certainly didn't win the thing, so... How the hell did the judges get this so wrong? Yeah, I'm not sure. Eh? And, and unfortunately, I'd, I'd hate to say it, but we're starting to see this kind of creep into to the sport. I, it took me back to, and it's argued, you know, it's arguable uh, with um, Sean O'Malley recently. These stars who are coming up on the rise, who are so popular and famous outside of the octagon, doing great things to put eyes on the promotion and getting these decisions and. That's the other thing, too, is letting these fights go to the decision. I've kind of had in the back of my mind that if this fight goes to a decision, it's going to go Paddy Pimblett's way mm. um, because I think that that is a good decision for the UFC right now. You know, there's um, a UK card being announced um, for 2023, and, of course, Paddy Pimblett would be a part of that um, front row centre. And so, you know, a loss here wouldn't be ideal for him, but the judges had it 29-28, Two of the judges had Pimblett winning the first round, which I thought was absolutely out of this world because he he just didn't, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly right. I mean, and to to sort of double down on that, then afterwards, Paddy said that anybody that thought that he had lost that fight could do something that sounded quite unsavoury. Um, and he seemed pretty mm. um, definite on, you know, this 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 is my fight. I, I, I won this fight. But, I mean, so he's doing himself no no favours at all on that front because he just looks makes himself look an even bigger heel, right? Yeah, it does. And to be fair, in his defence, it's it's not his fault, is it? You know, he didn't make that call. The judges did. So, you know, if you're Paddy Pimblett and you're trying to, you know, because he's not even ranked yet. He's not in the top 15. And that's where he's trying to get to, to, you know, elevate through this lightweight division, which is such a tough division. Um, so he'll take it, you know. And I, I, I suspect he wouldn't be the only fighter that would probably do that in his position. But, um, you know, UFC, MMA, we always think is, you know, quite an honourable sport and um, owning a decision that you feel in your heart, 
you know, is the right one, you know, a little bit like what Jan Blahovic did um, in, in the main event. Um, so, yeah, he, he took it, he owned it, and um, unwarranted, uh, the majority of fans and experts think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I mean, the thing for me is, look, I get that Paddy Pimlet is a cash cow, right? He's the next Conor McGregor. That's how Dana White will see him. That's how execs at, at um, uh, UFC will see him. Uh, but it can't turn into the WWE, right? It's it's been kind of going that way with the you know um, the the trash talk and and the way that they tee these things up and all the drama that they've built into it. They've kind of taken it that way a little bit. Um, but we can't have we can't have these decisions like this because uh, then it loses its integrity. And you know, I mean, I for one will start going. Well, hey, what a Bellator got on this weekend because I'm, I'm I'm over the UFC because I know what's going to happen. Yeah, if you if you know the the person that's coming to the to, to the octagon and they've got a lot of um, you know popularity and clout on them, then you're kind of thinking, mm, wonder how this is going to go. I wonder, I hope that this is going to be a fair fight. In terms of Paddy Pimblett, like I mentioned, he's on the rise, you know, and not to take anything away from him because at the end of the day, he is a UFC fighter. He puts in the work, he does the camps, he's training really hard. He is there for a reason, you know, he came from cage wars into the UFC and he works really, really hard. But this fight was supposed to be his coming out party. He was meant to make, you know, a real true statement in this fight to, you know, to knock on the door of the top 15 and say, hey, I'm here to play. Yes, I've got the popularity. Yes, I've got the followers. Yes, I've got the drama and, and, and the strength and the, the mentality to be an absolute star. Unfortunately for him in this fight, the skills did not match. No, and now Dana White and the UFC have uh, some credibility issues going on. And I thought it was interesting. I, I saw a tweet from, um, there's a guy that writes for ESPN, uh, Mark Romondi, and um, he put this tweet out, the, um, a story he did the day before UFC 282, where Dana White was talking about how um, fight fixing is a huge concern for the UFC, and there was an investigation into a fight from November the 5th. I haven't read that, um, to be honest. But, um, I will send it to you. <laughs> it yeah, is, it but is a great but read. interesting, you know, this, this uh, card is doing him no favours then. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we should, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we all agree that uh, that Gordon won that fight, not Paddy. Um, but as you said, you know, Paddy doesn't judge it. He just gets in the in the octagon and does his thing. Uh, but the judges obviously are going to come under the microscope because not only was that blatantly wrong, but there was a bit of controversy uh, in the decision around uh, Jan Blahovic and Ankalaev's fight as well. I mean, at the end, Blahovic said, "I definitely did not win this." Uh, it was a, it was a split draw? Uh, Blahovic said, "I definitely did not win this fight." I don't know if it was a draw, but I definitely didn't win it. And then later comes back into the ring when Ankalaev's been interviewed and says, "Look, just give him." the belt he won the fight yeah <laughs> well because he knows right he knows what's going to erupt from that decision when you straight after a fight you know adrenaline is still high and all those sorts of things and he wasn't prepared in his interview at first with joe rogan to say i lost that fight but he did say i don't think i won you know so a little bit of a difference there but then you know he sat there he's listening to it it's soaking in and then he walks over and he says oh look he just given the belt. And, you know, Jan Blahovic, I mentioned, he's so honourable. You know, he is the former champion. He knows what it means to win the title, win it convincingly, and be an honourable champion. So I was not surprised that he went over um, and said that. Um, the, one, the biggest thing that I was really um, taken aback by was Dana White's comments in the press conference um, when he spoke about how, you know, basically thought that the fight was crap. 
And I thought to myself, well, you had a light heavyweight matchup between Yuri Prohaska and Glover Teixeira. That didn't happen. These two were elevated to the main event. They weren't even supposed to be fighting for a title. They were the co-main event, absolutely putting their bodies on the line and ensuring that the card, you know, even went through, last card of the year. Um, and then you and then for them to turn around and say, you know, it was a crap fight and they needed to do more and blah, 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 and he wasn't impressed by it. I thought, wow, you know, like these guys, blood, sweat and tears in that octagon. And as you could see, Magomed's legs were, you know, severely um, compromised and injured. And uh, I just felt for the boys hearing those comments from Dana White. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't cool. And it was a great fight. I mean, I, I, I'm i not a fan of uh, the old Dagestani, you know, sort of um, sort of leg chains and keep everything on the ground for lengthy periods of time. But this had been on the fight mm. for a long time. And then, you know, uh, Ankulayev, his legs were done. So he did what he he, know, he knows best and he took it to the ground and he won on the ground. And, you know, Blahovic had no answer there. I think that last round probably was a 10-8. I guess it's mm. how you scored uh, one through to three and some judges had uh, Blahovic winning all three of the of the first three rounds and then the 10-8 made it the split draw which I kind of understand but I, I'm not sure that you can give all th- of the first three uh, to Blahovic. I thought probably Ankalaev dominated the first round. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Blahovic, you know, he came up with a game plan and he was really, really effective with it. And, I mean, you take out somebody's legs, you're winning the fight, basically. Mm. They they can't move. And Blahovic, you know, came up with a a very clear plan and has great fitness. And, you know, we watched um, what he did, what he was able to do with um, Israel Desunia, you know, and he he targets their strengths and, and, and chips and chips and chips and chips. Unfortunately for him, Magomed is an absolute freak and came back, and you wouldn't even think his legs were, were hurt anymore, and he just, you know, bit down on that mouth guard and went for it. And you spoke about the scores, um, 10-9, yeah. Blahovic had um, all three judges um, for the first two rounds, and then only one slipped for, for the third, and then it was um, Magomed for the, for the rest of the fight. So <laughs> the other thing, too, was... Um, so when I knew I was going to come and have this corridor with you, was getting other people's takes on, on, on the situation. Mm. And you kind of start talking yourself out of it, like, oh, yeah, well, perhaps in the first round it was a you know, 10-9 to Jan or, or it was a 10-9 to Uncle Ive in, in the third round and things like that. So it feels like the water is getting a little muddy now yeah. <laughs> and that everyone needs to maybe sit down and watch this fight again <laughs> maybe, <laughs> to maybe, really see what happened in those first rounds. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is. That's actually not a bad, bad goal is to sit down and watch it again because... You know, everything that I was hearing from DC, from the call team, was that Blahovic, you know, definitely dominated and won the third round because that was the round mm. that you thought Ankolaev's legs were gone. And that's, after, you know, it's the beginning of the fourth that he goes and takes it to the ground. So how he gets scored the third, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, no, not at all. His, his legs were severely compromised. In fact, he, you know, he hit the ground, his, his legs buckled. And um, you'd think that perhaps, you know, something might have been broken um, at that point. Um, and you wouldn't want to be kicked by um, the legs of Jan Blahovic, that's for sure. <laughs> Tree trunks. Uh, Not at <laughs> but all. But yeah, no, very, very interesting. You would think, too, um, being a title fight, because, of course, the, the um, light heavyweight title belt was made um, vacant, that they would want a result, mm. you know? Um, the interesting thing to come out of that fight, again, going back to Dana White's press conference, was him announcing that Glover Teixeira will fight for the title against Jamal Hill in Brazil next year. Mm. And you're like, well, where the heck did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because surely, if, you know, given everything that's gone on here, you know, you talk to Anchor Lives people and go, do you want a shot 
against Glover in Brazil because it's yours. You're probably the one that 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 edged this fight. Let, let's make this happen. But it feels like once again we're talking narrative, we're talking optics, we're talking storylines, we're talking a bit WWE. They want Glover to win it at home, fairy tale story, and then retire. Yeah, I think I think that is how this is going down right now. And unfortunately for Magomed, who should have that opportunity, in my opinion, because he should have won that fight. Um, he's probably too injured to, you know, to take on that fight in Brazil. He he might not be cleared um, by the time that Brazil card comes around. But just shows how much they want Glover, you know, Brazil's hometown hero, to be on that card and and to perhaps, you know, hand raised um, with the title one last time before um before um you know the curtain draws for him. But um, I kind of and I I hate to speculate, but I kind of thought in the back of my mind was this the plan all along. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, you because could... that, that that quick snap decision to say, "Yep, this is going to happen in Brazil." I was, I, I that yeah, that threw me through a loop. Mm, yeah, <laughs> no, not the sort of loop you want. You know, like we said at the start, you know, you want to be talking about this on purely on sporting terms and you know on people's ability in the octagon, not in politics or in what looks good for marketing. Um, yeah, yeah, Ravinda, let's talk about a couple of the other fights that were on the main card because I mm-hmm. think there were a couple uh, that really stood out and some really good talking points. Uh, Darren Till against Drikas Duplessis. Um, I mean, Drikas Duplessis is an absolute beast. Darren Till, though, mm. I think uh, he's lost five of his last six and he has had injury problems. Sounds like he's done his ACL again uh, in this fight as well. I mean, surely, surely his contract at the UFC has got a huge question mark next to it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I thought that before this fight, to be fair, um, but every fighter deserves to fight out their contracts, right? Um, but Darren Till is, you know, ranked number 10 in the middleweight division. That could change now since um, since this loss to Duplessis. But he is also <laughs> uh, one of the only middleweights in that top echelon to not have faced um, Israel Adesanya yet, mm. yet while he was champion because he fought everybody so you know Darren Till got injured and then he was losing fights so he lost that um, you know that right to be able to to, to contest for the title and uh, yeah these injuries are really getting the better of him in his career unfortunately this fight against Duplessis I really thought you know if Darren Till is going to make a statement this has to be it because he had to have known that this was his last ditch effort to prove that he still got the goods you know and perhaps a space for him on that uh, UK card next year as well but Duplessis very determined and I was actually quite excited to see him uh, coming in we don't see many um, South Africans if any um, in the UFC so he's waving the flag uh, proudly for them but um, yeah no Duplessis even though he got quite gassed in the fight as well but in saying that um, the way he was able to take Darren Till down to the ground was just you know second to none and I I don't know if Darren Till he was going down willingly or scared for injury you know that 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 doubt in the back of his mind that he could re-injure himself or something like that, or did he come into the fight compromised? Um, well, I think it was just felt a little too easy. Yeah, I think in the th- begin might have been the beginning of the third round where Dricker or towards the end of the second round, Dricker's Duplessis took down until over and he bent him over backwards at the knees. And mm. I think there was something that happened there that might have might have been an injury to Darren Till, but um, we will we'll wait and see because I mean you know the way UFC work they like to have a big name uh, on the early prelims to get the crowd in early, so maybe that'll be Darren Till's job uh, when they next go to England. Um, but Drickus Duplessis, mm. I mean, good on the ground, good with his striking. 
I'd love to see him go up against Marvin Vittori next. I reckon that would be a great matchup for both fighters, uh, and it would be a real um, marker as to where Drickus Duplessis is. Mm, I think that's a great, um, great shout, and you're not the first person I've actually heard to say that. So, yeah, these two styles, I think, would be um, great together. I do think, though, that Marvin Vittori is a huge level up for Duplessis. So um, it'd be interesting to see how he um, comes to the party on that. The one thing I also like about Duplessis is I think he has that mentality to be able to, to bang at the top. So, I, you know, to, to be a UFC fighter, you need more than just, you know, great mixed martial arts skills, you know, in, in, in whichever technique you're, you're great at. You need to have that mentality to, to stand and bang with, you know, entertainingly, um, you know, the media um, and everything that encompasses being a UFC fighter. And I think Duplessis has that um, craft of being able to absorb, you know, everything that's happening around him as well as what he needs to do in the octagon. So, yeah, I think him and Vittori is a great shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, look, I look forward to that. And then we should uh, just finish on... Uh, a guy that I think we'll be hearing a lot more of um, out of Spain via Germany, via Georgia, Ilya Tapuria, um, I think mm. performance of the night for me. I mean, Bryce Mitchell uh, is a great grappler. He's an insane grappler. I mean, and he was talking about uh, if he was in the octagon with Alexander Volkanovsky right now, he would be the champion. That's how confident Bryce Mitchell was. And uh, Tapuria absolutely destroyed him. Performance of the night for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm... I am actually a big Bryce Mitchell fan. I think I love what he brings to the cage. I think he's just got this, I don't know, this different style that excites me and I want to see him perform every time. But to see Tapuria come in and, and do what he did over Bryce Mitchell, which you know a lot of people weren't expecting but were pleasant to see, was awesome. And you bring up Alexander Volkanovsky, you know, these fights... Fights like this will mean that Alexander Volkanovsky has more competition within the division. We know Volkanovsky going off to the lightweight division next year at UFC Perth to, to try and become a champ champ. But there are fighters chomping at the bit that could be real um, you know, contenders for the title, and it's fights like this that'll get you noticed. So now I think he is on that radar, which is, which is great for him moving forward. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, mate. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Ravinda. I really appreciate it. It's always good to uh, chat UFC with you, mate. Uh, I think you do a fantastic job on Sky, and uh, I love talking to you. Go well, and uh, fingers crossed we can sort this uh, circus out and uh, just be talking about the fighters next time, eh? I'll have a word with them, mate. Yeah, if you could, <laughs> mate, if you could. I know you've, you know, you, you, you put all the strings in the high places, Ravinder. I know you do. <laughs> I do my best, mate. But thank you for having me and Merry Christmas. Yeah, and you too. Have a great time with the family, eh? <laughs> Kapwai, will do. Okay, Ravinder Hunia there with us from Sky Sport, their UFC expert.